video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to another episode of the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast number 66 to be precise. Craig, Jess and Andy here as always and we'll be talking to you today about the latest games we have played in the past week including Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Moss Book 2, more Cyberpunk 2077, Inside, Slipstream and more. We also have special guest Donnie joining us in this week's episode to talk about a game he has played, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is a spin-off from the Borderlands series. Stay tuned to hear his full review of the game if you're interested in that. We're also going to cover all the latest news, including Hassan... How do we say his name? Karaman. Karaman. Breaking his silence on the Sacred Symbols podcast... E3 being cancelled, Quantic Dream being bought over, more on Sony Sony's PS Plus plans, including a possible PS3 emulation at a hardware level, Xbox Family Plan, PlayStation planning more studio acquisitions, and Xbox doing a U-turn on direct-to-Twitter sharing and more. Pick of the Week has also been put in Twitter's hands again this week, and we'll also share our gaming movie review a jam-packed episode this week, it has to be said. Where do we begin? Uh, at the start. <laughs> at, at the Best start. start. At the start would be good. How's everyone? Good. How are we all? Grand. Grand. I had another Greg's incident oh, this week. Oh, God. Mm. Okay, so for anyone who's not listened to this podcast before, this is a gaming podcast, okay? We like to talk about... With foods. Video games, but there's often a segment associated with food, associated with Craig... Because he goes places and stuff happens. Falls out with folk. <laughs> no, because I, he doesn't get. He puts his foot down because he doesn't get what he wants. No, I told you to take the green out my sandwich. <laughs> hey, I ate. I had a sandwich with lettuce. Well, he's wanting a pat in the back here. <laughs> with green, with with green. lettuce. Can you believe it? Oh wow! You're such a you're such an adult. I know. <laughs> it didn't make it better, and it did make it worse, but not as bad as I thought. Right. So it was okay. It was okay, but yeah, no. This is it's a, it's more of a self-deprecating thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was brought up uh, numerous places. You've brought it up. You've brought it up, Jess. Everyone's brought it up. It's been brought up in the Discord that I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. And, yep. And <laughs> this week, I definitely was the problem. I you always are. I know. I'm not always. No, no. Yeah. That salted caramel thing was not my fault. That guy, and I think he might have been removed from his duties. By the way. Because it was that Greg's I was in, and he was nowhere to be seen. Maybe how it was do you just feel his about that? No. Well, if it wasn't his day off, though, how do you feel about that? Well, I think he should be at home considering his options and uh-huh. thinking about doing a better job next time. Okay. Learning no what about salted caramel? No remorse. Right, so all that happened was I went into Greg's and I was trying to order a coffee and 
Porridge, because I'm healthy. Right, porridge as well. Uh-huh. And, and had his cream egg in his pocket already. <laughs> oh my god! Plop. A cream egg in your porridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an idea, isn't it? Uh, it's an idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good one. You might have just made magic, by the way. You know, just sprinkle a wee bit of sugar on nah. it for nah. the sweetness. Thursday morning. That's happening. You're going to melt a happening. fucking cream egg in your porridge. Uh-huh. Jess, is that as disgusting as it sounds? I mean, probably, yeah. yeah. No. Nah. Right, so anyway, continue, what happened? Right, so I went in and I was like, can I get a coffee, uh, a large coffee and um, porridge? And the woman says back to me, and I'm like, what the fuck is she saying? And I was like, what? And she was like... So you were really rude? No, I was trying, I was being nice about it, but I was just like, what? So I can't, I can't hear you. And she was like, and she's talking away to me and I can sort of hear her, but not. And I'm like, why? I'm thinking to myself, why? I was being really nice about it, but I'm thinking, why is this woman talking so softly? I'm like, what? What? Uh, I was like, I a, a large. I'm actually like doing the sign like that to mm. like large coffee, large large latte with caramel. Okay, right, yeah, and porridge. And she's like making these things like sort of gestures at me. And I was like, yeah, mm. porridge. And I'm pointing at it like that. And she finally goes away and gets it. And I'm like, a bit soft spoken, is she not? So eventually, I get my stuff. I pay, and again, she's like thanking me, but I can barely hear. Her. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Turned round to walk out, caught myself in the mirror. I had both earphones in. Like, mm. I'd been listening to stuff before I'd went in, and before I went into the shop, I'd pressed pause, but because the earphones were still fully in my ear, I could barely hear anything. And because I listen to podcasts, like, all day, I'm used to having stuff in my ear. Mm. And so she must have been looking at me going, take your fucking earphones out, you dick, <laughs> and then you'll hear what I'm saying. But I was just like, why can this woman not hear me? What and is wrong like, with what? her? What? <laughs> I didn't, what do you want? What? <laughs> I didn't get angry, but I was like, what? What? Sorry, I, I can't hear you. I'm, <laughs> and I'm motioning to my ears going like, I can't hear you. And she must be thinking, take she, them out. She was obviously too nice to be like, well, take your earphones out, you dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she probably thought you had music playing as well. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, so I thought oh, I, had, I was listening to stuff at the same time. Oh, man, what a funny. But he just slowly limits the places he can go. <laughs> yeah, so I can't go to that one anymore because of the green lettuce situation. You all remember. And I can't go to that one because I asked for three cream eggs and she's seen me putting them in the coffee. So I couldn't go back there anymore. That's embarrassing. That's the... Co- yeah. Were you the other episode where I, about the Costa that I can't go back to? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. There's a Costa nearby that I can't go back to because I've, I asked her to put a full slice of cake in the coffee and she was like... She just looked at me with the biggest bit of disgust and went, I can't do that. You'll need to buy it and do it yourself. I can't good conscious do that. She told me she wasn't allowed and I was like, I'm never coming back here again because she didn't even see the funny side. She just thought I was a sexual predator, I think. Mm. Yeah, so main takeaway is if you are currently listening to this podcast and plan to enter a shop, hit pause and take your earphones out. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast right now while you're all done your food... Pause. Yeah. Okay, so let's revisit last week's news first of all. We had a few listener questions about the PS Plus tiers from last week. So you can mm-hmm. listen back to the our last week's podcast or visit the PlayStation blog that's got all the details of the announcement. But basically, there's a new PlayStation Plus coming out June. There's three tiers that you can subscribe to should you wish to do so. Um, 
Okay, I'll just jump into some of the questions then. So Flying Tackle said, let's cut out the shit and get to the real pressing question. Will this backwards compatible library have trophies? <laughs> that is the question that on the is. tip of every gamer's mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what spru- sprung to mind when I heard about, about the backwards compatibility. So. Mm. It wasn't my mind that sprung to, but it sprung. Right. <laughs> it sprung. Do we know? Have they confirmed year nay? They've confirmed nothing. That's yeah. part of the problem with this announcement last week. They were like, oh, 400 games in this tier, an extra 300 in this tier. What are, what are the games, Sony? Never you mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've not said anything. I like. I remember we've covered a couple of times, there was like Sony filed patents about adding trophies to old games. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something they are looking at, but I wouldn't imagine... I, I don't think they'll do it. They tend to do the bare minimum. I know that sounds bad, but like Sony are bad for doing the bare minimum. And I, I don't think they'll do it. But then some of the PS2 games that were on the store on PS4 get trophies added, like mm. Grand Theft Auto Bully did. So you imagine if they're included, then they would still have their trophies. Who's it down to to add them? The developer? Or Sony? I think Sony could probably take the lead on it if they wanted to. But I don't know, maybe the developer would have to do it for their games, but then Sony, if, if it's, if it's first party the games, then... Because they would know their game inside out. And... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, when did trophies kick in? PS3 era? Not at the beginning of PS3, it was like 2008, so two years into PS3. Okay. They just came out with a game all of a sudden? I, I can't I try to think. The first game I remember having it was when Uncharted, the first Uncharted came out, it never had it, but they patched them in. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what the first game was though. I'll find out. My first ever, ever platinum was Buzz on PS3. Remember the quiz game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. yeah, I remember. It was that. a great game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You had the buzzles and stuff yeah. like that. I loved that, man. But, uh, I so when Xbox 360 came out in 2005, they started achievements. And I think when Sony brought out the PlayStation 3 at first, they were like, ah, this won't take off. And then it got to the point where they're like, yeah, we really need this. Mm-hmm. And so they added it and I believe it was 2008. But it shouldn't be too hard. Like, all they would need to do is, a, is decide what they want the trophies to be and then just put little triggers in the game so that they pop. Super like, Stardust was the first game. Ah. Super Stardust HD was the first game to have trophies included after release in Pixel Junk Eden is the first game to come with trophies at release. Right. So there you go. Good tri- wee bit of trivia there. There you go. If that was a question on Buzz, you'd be right in there. I would be. Well, now. I would be now. <laughs> Not before. I just had to use my patented go for green and get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I know you guys don't give a shit about trophies and achievements and stuff like that, but like, if you were making the decisions at Sony... I, I do think that even you two would be like, yeah, let's do this. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's no downside to and not doing market, it. And there's a market there for it. Yeah. So I don't think they'll do it. But they're stupid if they don't because it's not that much work. And all they need to do, like you say, definitely Sony could do it. And they could just be like, right, here, take five employees, put them to the side, every game that goes on this service. Even if it is just totally unimaginative. And it's like 11 gold trophies and you get them like 
one eleventh getting through the game, two yeah. eleven, three eleven, four. Like even that's better than nothing. It doesn't mm. all have to be oh you have to do fucking three back flips in a row <laughs> and then shoot somebody in, a, in the head and Tomb Raider one to get a bronze. You know what I mean? It could yeah. just be something simple. Yeah, true. Amy asked or said, sorry, this feels like a totally rushed announcement. Do you think Sony should have held off until they had more to share? We did kind of touch on this last week that yeah, it did seem a bit you know, here's the bare minimum of what we're doing, but we're not going to give you too much info, like we've said. So, yeah, I, I I thought that as well. I've heard a few people sticking up for it, saying that, well, why would they like shoot their load straight away when they can drip feed it to you over the next couple of months, and mm-hmm. then they get like, say, if they next month they could announce what some of the games are going to be, and then that's another pe- another press. Like yeah, true. Another press release, and they can get they can drum up more media for mm-hmm. it. Uh, and also, I think it was maybe someone the Discord brought up that they were saying like, well, as soon as Sony reach out to all these different publishers to ask about getting the games on the service, then it more would have started to leak. So they maybe had to make this announcement before they did that. But the whole thing had leaked anyway, yeah, so true. you can't get in by Jeff Grubb. Mm. See, just when you mentioned shoot the load there, it just popped into my head just to confirm. What what what? What popped into your head when that was said? Not a trophy. What? (laughs) Continue. (laughs) I'm confused. You don't know what the term shoot the load means? Is that a sexual reference? It is. Oh, you're joking, Jess. (laughs) You're joking. Wow. Oh my God. Right, that's not where I was going with that. Right. I was going to remind you. <laughs> so last week's episode, we, talk, we talked about... Can rock, I get heat off your face Rock, here? paper, scissors. Oh, shoot. shoot. It's not shoot, yeah. shoot. Shoot Aye. the wood. And it means go. Yes, yes it does. Same kind of sentiment here. Right. I, seem, I seem to remember you two talking about that and me just being an, a sort of ancillary member of this topic and I get roasted on fucking Discord. Oh, can you believe Craig said that? And I was like, I don't think it was me that said that. No, it was Jess, but get it right up you, Craig. <laughs> fucking as if you, it was me. Yeah, but you backed me up and said, oh, maybe it's because of this or that. I was just trying to add to the conversation. But as usual, I get the blame. Jamie said, do you expect day one third party games to come to the service? Probably. Hmm. You'd think that'd be something they'd have said. Mm. <laughs> Which, the fact that they didn't say that makes you think maybe not. But, I mean, there was that game that came to PS Now a couple of weeks ago. The Shadow Warrior one came day one. So you'd think that, I it probably means it's going to. But the problem is they won't have as good third-party games as Game Pass does, and it'll just be another thing that people will be like, oh, look what's happening over here. And mm. So it's another stick to beat them with almost. Yeah. But I think they will. I think it just won't be big games. Like when Xbox had, try to think some of the stuff like Rainbow Six and stuff like that. I think it will be more indie titles. Um, and last kind of comment, XGP hashtag number one said, if this Game Pass versus PS Plus fight was held in a boxing ring, a towel would have been thrown in already. <laughs> Clearly, a very neutral individual yeah, well, I would say with so, yes. uh, XGP <laughs> as his <laughs> as his name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's no, it's it pales in comparison to Game Pass, obviously. Mm, yeah, I did hear a rumor, um, although not confirmed, that the sort of pricing structure of Xbox Game Pass is looking to change, 
Um, it will go up. It's going to go up. And I think, see the fact that they've held off until PlayStation announced this, I think it's now going to be an easier sell for it to go up. Because mm-hmm. they'll be like... Now, granted, like I think if you buy PlayStation, the highest tier of PlayStation like a year at a time, it's cheaper than Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But if you buy it monthly, it's $17.99 a month. So Xbox can use that in their marketing and they could put Game Pass up to £15 a month and be like, we're still cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like they could use the angle that we're still cheaper just looking at the monthly cost and then say, and look how much more we're giving you. And I think that then softens the blow than if they were to do it otherwise. So I think they've probably been holding off until PlayStation announced this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Um, yeah, just again on last week's episode, you forgot to mention something, Craig, that you... I, I really corrections I really don't want omissions, to bring. <laughs> yeah, got the corrections yeah. and omissions, yeah. It was related to our gaming movie, and I really don't want to bring it up again. He has ha- since had it on again, Andy. Would you oh, believe? No, he's not. I've endured it a second time. Mean Castles watched it after WrestleMania. Postal, we're talking about, yep. guys. WrestleMania was the entree. <laughs> entree. And the then, and and then Postal was the main. Postal course. was the main event. What mm-hmm. a film, man. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, Jess. I'm sorry you had to be in the same house as that. I know. It was good. But yeah, no, it was after we finished recording last week that I remembered and I was annoyed that I never brought it up. I think it's the first postal game, but certainly one of them, because there is now four. uh, Four games? mm -hmm, Is being released this year on Dreamcast which must be the first Dreamcast release in easily 15 years. Is there any context as to why? I think it's just because they're so mental as a studio and as a game that they just want to do something that's utterly ridiculous. Mm. But they're officially releasing a game on on Dreamcast. No. I think it might even be the first game, I'm not sure. But it's definitely one of the Postal games is coming to Dreamcast this year. Mm Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Are <laughs> I know. you joking? No, honestly. It was on their official Twitter. But Dreamcast doesn't even... People don't even have Dreamcast. I mean, we do have one in the loft. See, when I was getting I don't my, think my it Easter turns decoration, on, though. When I was getting my Easter decorations, I <sighs> spotted it. <laughs> Postal is making its debut on the Dreamcast after 25 years. It's releasing on the 2nd of June 2022. <laughs> okay. And it's the first game. But I, when I was looking up it up to find out what the game was about before we watched the film, it mm. said that Postal 4 was in like early access or something. But yeah, so wow. get your Dreamcasts out mm-hmm. and get the special edition Blu-ray. Okay, let's bring us a bit more up to date and talk about games mm-hmm. on current gen consoles and the ones that we have been playing, please. I'll go first this time. If you want. Well, just to take it all the way back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a new game, but it's also sort of an old game. I have been playing Slipstream, which is that uh, also a sexual term? You've just got a dirty mind. I do just. That's mm-hmm. terrible for you. This is a serious game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually made by one guy. Is uh, that a no? It's not <laughs> sexual. I mean, I'm sure we could make it sexual. I could, I could, I could facilitate a slipstream. Would that help? Would that do it for you? No, sorry. Tell me about the game. Right. It's made by a guy called Ansdor, 
who is Brazilian, I believe. He's like a one-man band, and he's been making this game for like the last four years, and it's like a callback to old racing games on the SNES. So it almost feels like you're, the car is almost state, you know? Like in the SNES, it almost looked like the car was stationary and the, the background's like moving around you. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you picture that? Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot like that, uh, old-school like racing. And... It's pretty cool. Like it's it's got a real like nostalgic feel about it. It is hard as balls. Mm-hmm. Like really hard. The main mode that I've been playing in it, you go through different like stages and each stage you have to beat the rival on that stage to keep going and there's also a timer going down and I still haven't got to the the, the finish line. There's like maybe six I think there's maybe six or seven stages and yeah, it is tough and I mean really brutally difficult. But it's good. It is very, very good. But everything's coming at you at like a hundred mile an hour. And so you're having to try and like kind of power slide around corners. But it's it's very cool. I would definitely recommend it. It's out on the Dearest Podcast launches. On everything, I believe. Including the Switch. And it does feel like it would be quite a good Switch game. We've been playing it on PlayStation. Mm. But you'll need to give it a go. I feel like you'd yeah. actually be better. I think you could probably get me a few trophies on it because I'm fucking struggling. I'll do my best. Uh, other than that, I have been playing more Ghostwire, more Nun Massacre. What? <laughs> Why did you continue to play that? I thought, <laughs> I thought you'd just... had your fix of Nun Massacre. <laughs> it's, it's just quite a... Uh, quite a shit show and it's a, it's, it's quite fun to go back to I don't know I don't know I just My quite I find it quite punishment. I find it quite enjoyable apologies to all of those that we gave a fright to last week or I mean I suppose we, we gave a warning that the sound was coming yeah but it's still disturbing we still we got at least a dozen messages from people being like you fucking bastard there was one guy who was like I knew it was coming and it fucking still jumped and then it was after they all said that I was like I really hope nobody's driving while they're listening to this because that could really end not very well but you can feel my pain now when this nun comes at you mm-hmm. yep. sorry for all the members of the church who are listening also <laughs> I have been playing Moss Book 2 which is Brilliant. Yes, I've had a shot of this as well. And it's just, I don't know, it makes me want... Can we get a mouse, a no. pet mouse? No, we cannot. Because it's um, so cute. Oh, look, we, why don't you get a gerbil instead? Maybe. You're I ready? want like one with like big mm. ears, though. She's already wanting a dog. That's, there you go. <laughs> you can get a, a wee gerbil. The cat's nose is out of joint already. What, just the conversation of potentially getting a uh-huh. dog? <laughs> you think he can't hear you? He can fucking hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible chat. It's not happy. But yeah, Moss Book 2, it's it's just adorable, man. It's mm-hmm. it's some of the best use of 3D and VR that you'll ever see. Yeah. Like, it's interesting though, because when you stuck it on, obviously I was watching on the screen, not in the headset, and you were like, This is incredible, it's the best use of 3D, blah blah blah. And I'm like, it looks shit from here. Aye. <laughs> and then I had a go and I was like, Ah, oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> I know. And even if you watch like a review on YouTube or something like that, like all you're seeing is the sort of seeing it in a 2D form and it does not look good. That doesn't do it justice whatsoever. But when when you go in and it looks like there's a table in front of you and a whole set piece of stuff and then this mouse that is just moving about like with 
perfect animation like mm-hmm. the way the tail moves like you would swear you could just pick it up in and front it's of you. true to size as well like the size of a mouse in your hand is what you can see if that makes sense like yeah so i mean you want to just be able to pick it up and you feel like you could no no i, I just i love it i love it I'm, i've still got a, a fair bit to go this one's longer than the last one it's apparently about six hours so i'm off tomorrow hopefully i can power through it a bit I had a day off last week and my plan was to try and smash through it, but it turned out to be, we, we've set up the PSVR in the conservatory and it was a sunny day, sat down, put it on and it came up saying there's too much glare on the, on the PlayStation, in this room. On the PlayStation oh, camera. Man. Please readjust. And I was yeah. like, you absolute motherfucker. Last thing, but that's why I've spoken about it before, but the VR is just, for me, too much effort. Mm. Too much effort. I yeah. think that's why the is it the Oculus mm-hmm. so much easier. You just put it on your head, and that's sure. Definitely, like I, I did. Like when I, when I saw Moss Book Two was coming out, straight away I was like, "Is it coming to Quest straight away?" Because the first one's on Quest, mm. but it's at first it's a PlayStation exclusive, so we had to dig out the PlayStation VR for the first time in about two years. <laughs> and like, don't be wrong, it's been worth it because it, honestly, it's so fucking good. It really is. Like, it might. I don't know. I don't want to make that statement that it's the best VR game because, like, see, when you haven't played VR for a couple of months, then you put something on, you're, like, wowed by it all over again, Mm. and it's easy to then go, oh, my God, this is the coolest. But, like, if I think back to, like, Astro's Playroom and stuff like that, like, or Astrobot Rescue Mission, like, there's there's a lot of cool stuff, but Mm. it's it's right up there. And the level of detail, like, when you're running about as a wee mouse, you've got the wee sword, and you can, like, cut through grass and stuff like that. Like, it's just the level of detail's mad. So that's really good. And I've also put an hour into Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Yeah, tell me more about this game. I'm not a Star Wars person, but I do like the Lego games, so... I like the Lego games as well. It's good. So far, it's good. They've changed the camera, so the camera's more like a standard third-person over-the-shoulder camera instead mm. of with the Lego games before. It was like a sort of uh, far-back camera and like you would just sort of run about the room. Mm-hmm. So now the camera follows behind you. It's more, much more responsive. Obviously, lightsabers feel great. Like it's, it's good. I haven't played enough of it to properly do too much. Like this one's got like space combat and stuff like that. They've added a lot more stuff into it, so it's definitely going to be like unlike any Lego game you've played before, and like much more involved. At the beginning, you get to choose if you want to start at the beginning of uh, episode. F- one episode four or episode seven because of the three trilogies okay so i've only ever seen rogue half a rogue one and episode seven the only two films i've seen um but i have got a sort of passing interest now because the mandalorian and stuff like that so i decided that i was going to start with episode one and just play through it chronologically not the not the order the films came out Mm mm-hmm so it'll be interesting actually like i know that you get a lot more out of these games if you have seen the films and stuff like that was certainly the case with like jurassic the jurassic world one but i think it'll be interesting to see if i play through all these games like how much of the story i take in like see if we have a conversation after and i'm like oh yeah so then when darth vader did this or whatever like because they do it in their own they tell the story in their own funny way and i wonder how telling the story though yeah they're still telling it so i wonder how much of the like star wars universe i'll take in Mm -hmm. being like fresh to it but no so far it seems really good i definitely recommend it and um it's surprisingly well priced as well so 
I mean, it's it's on last gen and this gen, but it's only like forty nine pound, which is like twenty quid cheaper than what new games tend to be these days. So pretty good. Is it on Switch? I believe it. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is on Switch. Yeah. I bet. I bet you it's more than the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking god damn it, Nintendo. <laughs> Maybe it's not, but I just have a feeling. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, yeah, I, I obviously played a little bit of Moss as well, and I've also jumped into on the Switch that you picked up, I believe at a re- re- reasonably good price, Inside. Yeah, it was down to one uh, £2.24, mm. which is a cracking price for that. It's yeah. a brilliant game. So yeah, Craig forced it upon me and said, <laughs> and said that this is, this is really good, Jessica, you like this game, which I do. It's like a little... Puzzle platformer adventure game um, came out in 2016, so it's not new, but it's, yeah, I don't know, like a little side-scroller puzzle. I have had to look up a guide at the puzzles. There is a few, there there is a few bits. So I don't know, would you have played this one, Andy? I, Inside, it was the second game by the people that made Limbo. I played it. Yeah, it's I I I don't like it. I I was the same though. I had to look up. Mm-hmm. I think I had a guide up the full time <laughs> because I was like, f- I just kept getting stuck over and over again. I was like, fuck this. But yeah, no, it's it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Does like, it run it, well on Switch? Yeah, yeah. No, no issues. Um, some bits are a bit brutal though, like when you get caught and die, and you know somebody just it's like a is he a wee boy? Like your character. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. there's a sort of reveal for that later on, okay. but yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And some of the they do just really like come out and just shit fucking and yeah, bit getting mauled by dogs and stuff. There's <laughs> a big spider on that one as well, isn't there? Yeah, that fucked me off. It's like it's a very similar type of game to the two little nightmares games as well, mm-hmm. and on mm-hmm. them the the deaths are brutal as mm-hmm. well. Like they just mm-hmm. fucking come at you. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's good. I'll hopefully finish that by next week. I take it back, the Lego Star Wars is a decent price. If you buy it physically, you can even get it for under £40. Wow, barg. On Switch as well? On Switch as well. Wow. I know. <laughs> I might have to start reassessing what I say about Nintendo because there's a couple of times recently I've just assumed things will be much dearer than they are and I actually went on to, that was when I picked up that inside, I went on to the Switch sale and they actually had some pretty decent stuff. Like, there was a game called This War of Mine, which I've always quite fancied. I think we actually have it on PlayStation, because uh, I think it was on PlayStation Plus at one point, but it just looks like a really cool like, kind of survival-type game. And it was 95% off, down to, like, £1.20 or something like that. And I was like, fucking hell, right, I'm going to pick that up. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I picked up Inside, I got Limbo for 79 pence. Like, so, fair fair play. You do, mm-hmm. you do get some decent deals on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Andy? Have you been in a cyberpunk world? I have a hazard, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Although next week, I should have an opinion on the new Formula One game. Oh. So I've got that downloaded and that's got a cool story mode. That's right, aye. Do aye. I have this in my little fantasy thing? You have... F1 Manager. Aye, there's like an F1 Management game coming out. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so, we'll get that. What else did I, did I download something else? 
I don't know. There might be a couple other things, but I'll still be mainly playing uh, Cyberpunk. Have you finished the story mode yet? No. 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 Nah, not at all. No, it's um, not. That doesn't fill me with much hope because I'm still at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. I kind of like doing a lot of the side stuff and build up, building up my guy. So I'm kind of doing that as well as like every now and again I'll dip into a story mission. Mm-hmm. But there's three like main kind of stories. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of pick and choose what one you kind of sink your teeth into. I what you were fancy. So I, it's as good as it's always been. <laughs> That's true. Okay, let's kick off this week's news then. News, news, I was believing the news. We are bringing you the news with your digging team. I was six main stories to share with you this week first up then probably the most talked about and most um, prominent of this week is abandoned hmm. yeah <laughs> where to start with this one where to fucking start so hassan basically <laughs> basically started the beginning basically um that's in the end Basically, I would basically start at the beginning because basically that's where all stories basically start. So, see, I mean, it's a serious game, and he believes in it. So he does. Okay, so what's his name again? Hassan Karaman. Yeah, if he's a real person. So he is the founder and lead dev of Blue Box, which is a Dutch indie game studio. And if you cast your minds back to spring last year, an experience app was announced. Called Abandoned. That's with, how long ago it was. With great mystery. When it was first announced, yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. Um, and I remember we were recording at the time the app was meant to go live, yes. weren't we? Yeah. So we That's right, we were almost live. Like, yeah. Yeah, we, we were hoping to record live. live reactions when at 8 o'clock it went live. We, on waited, the yeah. we waited till after 8 o'clock. Nothing happened. No, we started the podcast and then at 8 o'clock we kept refreshing. <laughs> And That's nothing right. happened. I was refreshing it right here. Nothing happened. And he just went dark. And it was about 12 hours later. He was like, ah, sorry, but that's not ready. So sorry. basically. I don't even know if he said ready. it wasn't ready at first. Everyone was just left. No, like, no it was like the next day. Yeah. Um, so the latest episode in, in the sort of saga of this game, Colin Moriarty from Sacred Symbols podcast reached out to him. And I think in what is the first video slash audio interview that he's ever done no he had done a few back before just before this experience came out he'd done okay. an interview with jason schreier i think he spoke to who's the guy oh that fucking guy that's always all over the place does the awards jeff keely i think he'd done something with him as well okay but he's been quiet for a while yeah so um obviously colin quite rightly was dying to know you know about the project from development, publishing, funding, marketing, and you know mm-hmm. what's going on with it, yeah, and perfectly reasonable questions. Yeah. Um, well, Colin had been annoyed before because anyone who had been able to interview this guy had always just asked stupid fluff questions. Mm. And like, I listened to Colin's mm. podcast, and he would anytime he would report on this, he was like, "Why is no one saying to him, where's your funding coming from? 
why is no one saying to him, how did you get an app on the PlayStation Store and no one else has got one? Why is no one asking him this? Mm. They're all just asking him stupid fluff questions. Yeah, so he went on the podcast, Colin asked him the questions that we want to know and we were left with more questions than answers, to be honest. He <laughs> he dodged around all the questions. He danced around every question <laughs> like a fucking ballerina on stilts. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite the performance. And any ones that he mm. didn't quite dance around, he would say, I'm sorry, that's part of the NDA. I can't answer that question. And it was <laughs> it was like simple fucking questions. Yeah. Like Who's your contact at PlayStation? Um that's an NDA. <laughs> did you notice, right? So there was there was times when it was actually like See, if you listen to Colin throughout it, it's like you can tell that guy has interviewed people before because he was really quite clever about it. Like, he would hit, he hit him with some, like, n- normal questions and the guy was just... Every time he asked him something that he didn't want, the guy didn't want to answer, he would just take it in somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you noticed, right, but he started telling, talking about the story of the game yeah. and how uh, in the prologue, which is actually a full game you play as the main guy's brother and stuff like that. Colin never asked anything about the story. Mm. But what this guy did was, so when Colin was like, right, who's doing your funding? What he did was, right, well, so before I talk about that, let me tell you about the story. And then he tried to drop in interesting nuggets about the story, hoping that Colin would then be like, oh, so does that mean this? That To, to take him away from the initial mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. But he would go off on a tangent for five minutes and then Colin would be like, so about the funding, mm-hmm. it just him. did not yeah. fucking work, and then eventually he had to go. Ah, that's actually NDA. That's under NDA. <laughs> and then he tried to claim that the budget was thirty thousand yes. dollars, which that, no, which would, wouldn't cover the catering for a studio. So that's what he'd spent so far, um, and he said that that's he, a worrying. He said he <laughs> hopes that the prologue, which is not a demo, will fund the main game yeah. like the sales of that and then he you know Colin was like right so how much is that gonna cost and he said it'll be less than 50 dollars he's oh no less than 15 it, it was hard to, it was hard to hear him but uh, he says that the prologue will be less than 15 dollars oh, it'll have a, it'll have a platinum okay and it'll so, be about, and it'll be about two hours long but so what i was saying was so colin would ask him some sort of relatively easy questions right and once the guy seemed like he was comfortable, that's when Colin was like, so who's your contact at PlayStation? Mm. And it mm. was it was to see if he could give an answer because Colin knows who the contacts at PlayStation are. And so if he'd just come out with a name, then Colin could have been like, I, I make games as well and that's not a person that works at PlayStation. Mm. So he, he was like throwing softballs and then like fucking bowling a hardball to be like, but he never caught him out. Mm. He <laughs> never caught him out. There was so much weird stuff said. I've never heard anyone stutter through an interview like that in my entire life. I had to I had to listen to it in two settings because I was it was so cringeworthy. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, what's your kind of takeaway? Like what do you think? Is this guy just all bullshit? Is he just in over his head? Is there a game that he I don't know? I think he's a like, total troll. I think he's half his head and he's trolled the whole lot, the whole gaming industry. I think that seems to be the sort of prevailing thought mm-hmm. at that's, the that's moment. what my thought is and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Basically. 
my thoughts are that he's tried to create something, probably done the whole, you know, fake it till you make it. He's got in a bit over his head and now he's a bit stuck in a situation where people are expecting something that he cannot deliver. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance of that as well. I don't think there's no game. Like, I just think... I think at first, see when the whole Silent Hill stuff came out, like, I think he thought that was fucking brilliant. Like, he acts now like he's like, that's the last thing I wanted. Yeah. And I, I contacted Konami to tell them that there's no way that was anything to do with Kojima. Yeah. And, yeah. But, see, I think at first people just, as you, they do on Twitter, started to make a Kojima link. Mm-hmm. And I think as a small studio, as like pro- possibly a one-man studio, he's went, this is fucking great for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking lean right into this. Yeah. And I think it's snowballed and he's eventually been like, shit, I've completely over. Like I think he I think he possibly did have a backer at one point, like he said. And after the debacle with the app and stuff like that, that, that person did pull out mm-hmm. and go, You're a fucking mentor. Yeah. Like, get to fuck. And that guy's left and now he's like, I still have to deliver something here. Fuck how the fuck am I gonna do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I, I do, I genuinely do think there is something to it. Yeah, I mean, he said a couple of times it's a personal project. That's why I'm not ready to show anything yet and stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but there, there is so much stuff. No, what does that even mean? I know. And there's so much stuff that would lead me to believe that, like, what you think is right as well. Because, like, towards the end, like, Colin was like, "So, how many folk are working on this?" And he's like, 50. And he was like, "Can you put me in touch?" or give me a name of one other person that's working on this game with you. And he was like, um, I, I don't know if anyone, I don't know, I don't think they want... It's a sensitive subject. I don't think they want to be... <laughs> he said that a few times. He said, he said, I don't think they want to be named. And Colin's like, what? what do you mean they don't want to be named? Why would... I've, I've worked in... He's like, I've worked in industry for 20 years, and this is the first time that I can't find a, anyone, anyone that's willing to go, I'm working on this game as well. Yeah. And he's like, see off air, can you put me in touch with one person that's working in this game? And he was like, maybe, yeah, I'll need to speak to them. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's going on here? But I don't know. Like, you just, like like I say, he's got that app on the PlayStation Store. You don't just get, Sony don't just go, aye, fine, put whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Like, he, if he's faked this, he's done a fucking good job of it because he's lured a lot of people in. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, see that Jeff Keighley guy? I'm sure he claimed that he had played some of the game. It was either him or Jason Schreier claimed, they were like, oh yeah, I've seen it. In fact, it was definitely, it was definitely Jeff Keighley. He said, I've played some of the game. And that led into the rumours about Kojima as well, because he's really good pals with Kojima. Okay, yeah. And so maybe that was Jeff Keighley just been a wido. But... Yeah. The whole thing's utterly bizarre. I think I think he's really in over his head, mm-hmm. big time, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to need a fucking step ladder to get out. Yeah, until we see something, you know, it's all just a yeah. yeah. Wait and see. The one thing I would say though is about that app is that so and Colin said it a couple of times he's like, ah, well, how that you can he just get an app on the PlayStation Store? Why would he be the only person to have an app in the PlayStation Store? But I think it's entirely possible that he's the only person that's asked to have an app on the PlayStation Store. Because, mm. like, Colin's thing was, 
well, why don't all the rest of the big developers have apps in the PlayStation Store? But it's a, quite a unique idea. And I think it's possible this guy was trying to think out the box and think... Out the what, blue box. Exactly. And think, what <laughs> kind of different things can I do to stand out? Mm. And, oh, an experience app? That's something that's different. So I don't necessarily... I don't know. Uh, it's, just, it's weird. The whole thing was so, so weird. And, of course, now he's done an interview with IGN as well. Mm-hmm. Because the interesting part as well was that the whole gaming industry hates Colin, so who was going to actually report on this? Um, but now that IGN's done it, they can all just like credit back to IGN instead yeah. of credit back to him. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, well, I'm sure more will be revealed in coming months, years, or never. Next up on the news, sadly... Guys, sadly, there's not going to be E3 this year. Hmm. It's disappointing. Mm. Yep. The show's organisers, the ESA, had already ruled out a physical event, but were floating the idea of a digital broadcast similar to last year. However, according to IGN, who corroborated a tweet sent out by Razor's PR lead, Will Powers, the plug has been pulled on that as well. It means there'll be no three, E3 in 2022 at all. Will Powers is a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. If I was in PR, I'd want to be called Will Powers. <laughs> you need some willpower. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That can't be his name, can <laughs> I don't it? Know. What a belter of a name. I'm sad about this. I like E3. Mm, yeah. I, I want it back. I don't like all this. See, these, like, we're getting little events. Like it's every dispersed, three weeks. isn't it? You want that big, oh, yeah. this is what you look forward to, like, once a year. Then. Aye. Like, cause I don't know, we're getting loads more of them now, but they're they're all a bit disappointing. Mm. Like, when was the last time one of these state of plays or indie showcases or whatever? You're always coming out and I'm going, oh, it was all right, it was okay. Whereas when everyone put their fucking all their eggs in the E3 basket, you were getting fucking fireworks and uh, new games announced. Folk kind of kept everything for the E3. That aye. was a big one. And there's always been rumours that, like, oh, it's set game development back because there was, like, sometimes, like, I think it was maybe Rockstar, uh, Rocksteady. At one point, they spent, like, three months just making a demo for E3 and it Mm. set their whole game development back. And I get that, but it was fun to watch. (laughs) And I remember that, um, like, Xbox documentary as well. Like, Mm. you know, they had issues with getting the console ready and stuff in time Mm. for, like... They were, like, under the stage working on it and stuff like that. I I really do hope it does come back next year. Mm. I do. And it was funny, like, see, as soon as it was announced that it was cancelled, that Jeff Keighley, because uh, he does the Summer Games Fest, and with E3 gone, that's the biggest gaming oh, okay. event in yeah. America yeah. of the year. He honestly, within two minutes, was like up on Twitter, been like, Summer Game Fest starts fucking July, whatever. <laughs> like, mm. Fuck's sake, man, they're not even dead yet. And you're stamping on it. <laughs> Okay, next up for our news, Quantic Dream has been going through a rocky period of late with hints of a lengthy delay of, for Star Wars Eclipse and years of accusations of a toxic work environment. However, it seems things may now be looking up as the latest rumour claims NetEase is about to completely acquire the company for an undisclosed sum. Back in 2019, NetEase acquired a minority stake in Quantic Dream. The investment was used to create a new IP, an in-house game engine and a performance capture studio as the studio moved away from PlayStation exclusive releases. Quantic Dream Dream's three-year game deal with Sony had expired following the release of Detroit Become Human, 
Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain, and the developer wanted to move into multi-platform games. According to Xputer, this is when Quantic Dream began looking to be fully acquired. Seemingly, this NetEase aren't as bad as Tencent, but there's still there's still worries about Chinese ownership mm-hmm. because it will bring censorship. Uh, so it's not great news. I like Quantic Dream. I loved all their games. Mm-hmm. Like Detroit Become Human was really good. Heavy Beyond Rain was really good. Heavy Rain's amazing. Yeah. Like Beyond Two Souls, not as good, but I still really liked it. Mm-hmm. It's just sad. Like I don't know. And it's sad to hear as well that they've been trying to be bought since 2019 and nobody was fucking interested. And it's it's pretty much all because that guy that owns the studio, David Cage, yeah. like everyone fucking hates him. Mm. He's like he's supposed to be quite a sort of up himself guy. And I think like all the sort of toxic work environment rumours and stuff like that, I think they all sort of lead back to him. Like seemingly he's quite hard to deal with. And a lot of people in the industry really don't like him. So I think that must be the reason why they've struggled to be bought because it's not based on their game quality because mm-hmm. it's good. I, I was surprised Sony didn't buy them. Okay. According to industry super contributor Jeff Grubb, Sony might be working on PS3 emulation at a hardware level. He said in part, quote, Since talking about this all week, I've looked, I've asked, it sounds like Sony might be working on emulation for PS3 on PS5. It may take some time. I wish they would come out and tell us that. Tell us that you care about this stuff because that's what's missing from the PS Plus announcement. To me, it seemed like they didn't care about any of it. They just slapped, to get, slapped it together, put a new name on it and sold it. Let's just... Uh, Remind ourselves that Jeff Grubb is in the bin currently. Yeah. But it's, so. it's cause of comments like this. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So obviously Sony are trying to get PSC working on PlayStation 5. And this fucking idiot's out there trying to act like he's... he's looked, he's asked. Uh, has he? <laughs> like he's fucking broke some sort of story or something like that. Oh, like, geez, man. And it was an unha- underhanded dig at PlayStation as well, which is one of his favourite things to do. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. They need to get this working somehow. I don't know how, but they need to get it working. Streaming's not it. Streaming's not how you do it, so they're going to have to figure it out somehow. Have you ever played a game with the streaming thing? I did. I played uh, a few hours of Batman Arkham Origins on it, and it worked quite well. Like, for the most part, there was times where there was no latency at all, and I was like, holy shit, this actually works perfectly. But then there was times where it wasn't so much that it was, like, like dragging or it was freezing, although it did freeze a couple of times. It was more that sometimes it didn't register a controller input. Oh, the latency. Aye, but it's, it's, not like, it's not like it did it two seconds later. It's like... Just the odd it. time, aye, the odd time mm. you pressed a button and it didn't register. And in a game where you're trying to like fucking time counters and time blocks and stuff like that, not ideal. It'll put you off. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think we're quite there yet with the infrastructure yeah. for these. The UK's uh, broadband's yeah, not a level that can handle nah. that, really, I don't think. Nah, it's a cool future to think about, like being able to do that and being able to play whatever and stuff like that. But aye, we're, we're, not, we're not there yet. And they need to figure it out. And apparently just now, so the way this works is there's like a basically a PS3 farm somewhere that just has like a million PS3s set up. And so whenever you 
try to play something, it pings it on one of those PlayStations and you play it through that. Mm. So every day, more of those PS3s must be dying. <laughs> I mean, and at some point, they're going to run out of PS3s to emulate. <laughs> so they're going to have to fucking figure it out. Yes, they will need to. Okay, so in a rare podcast appearance, PlayStation bigwig Jim Ryan has promised that more acquisitions are planned. This follows heavy rumours early in the week from industry pundits Greg Miller and Jeff Grubb, in which they alluded to a, quote, really big buyout. Ever since Microsoft purchased Bethesda a couple of years back, companies have been racing to snaffle studios for their empires, which has resulted in Sony snagging developers like Bungie, Housemark, and more. Quote, with, we're growing through acquisition, he told the PlayStation broadcast. We've acquired five studios through the course of 2021. We're in in discussions with Bungie and have more planned. Most recently, PlayStation bought the Canadian developer Haven Studios, although it had already signed a publishing agreement with the J. Raymond lead team. Who's it going to be next? Who's it going to be? I had guessed it was going to be Warner Brothers. Because they were talking about wanting to be bought. They openly said they were looking for a buyer at one point. I think it was like a year ago. Mm. And then Harry Potter had its own state of play. And it's Warner Brothers. And I was like, "Ah, that kind of ties up. Maybe there's something there. And I still think it's possible. Uh, And then there was talk. This would be very big. But the talk was that it was a very big acquisition. But like... I think it was in the last quarter. Who's the guy that owns or the head at Ubisoft? French guy, can't remember his name. Is it Michel Ancel or something like that? He had said to like in a uh, in like their quarterly meeting that they weren't looking to be acquired, but they couldn't rule it out. And I thought that was an interesting statement. Like so, and that's the biggest studio to me that Sony could yeah, buy yeah. is Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would, but it's the it's the biggest they could buy to me. But the rumour is that it's going to be a Japanese studio. So maybe Capcom, Square Enix. If it's going to be a Japanese one, I think it will be Capcom. But I don't know. Because I like Greg Miller fucking held back his podcast two days last week because he was expecting something to be announced. So I think it's, it'll be imminent. I think it could be announced before next week. Or before this podcast. Yeah, oh, in which case I, we sound like twats because we're... <laughs> after we record this. See, one thing that is interesting though, and I don't think this is gonna happen, right? I would still I would easily right now put my fucking nuts and my house on the line that Microsoft do get uh, Activision. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people in America like starting to like high up people, like I think Bernie Sanders for some reason's got an opinion on it, but that are like disputing this Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activision. Now, I'm always of the opinion that when there's that much money involved, it will go through because mm. there's too many people that would lose out and there's too many people that stand to gain yeah. from a deal like that going through. Yeah. So I do think it will go through, but imagine if it didn't, right? So it's going to take at least a year for that to go through. See if in the meantime, Sony bought up a bunch of slightly mm. smaller like publishers and then that Microsoft deal wasn't allowed to go through. Like, all of a sudden, like, it looks just now like Xbox has made such a big purchase to put themselves, quote-unquote, ahead. Yeah. But if Sony were slowly just buying, 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 and then Microsoft weren't allowed to buy Activision, that would set them back mm-hmm. massively. I don't think it'll happen, 
but it's interesting to think about it. Yeah. Speaking of the good Microsoft, uh, Windows Central is reporting that Microsoft is indeed going ahead with a family plan and it could be set to launch sometime later this year. The br- belief is that the family plan will allow quote access for five players for games across the entire library with the subscription being managed by a central account holder similar to how netflix does it some of the details still aren't known yet but but windows central sorry some of the details aren't yet known yet by windows central such as whether the deal with will be exclusive to game pass ultimate although in terms of pricing it's expected to be far cheaper than paying for several several separate accounts this is pretty cool it's another obviously good move from Microsoft, but this is mm-hmm. quite cool. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the moment, like, me and Andy, for instance, like, Andy's got det- my account details so that when we get code sent through, he gets access to them as well. So if, if that was possible to do that with then three other people as well, yeah. like, you're, at, you're only having one person needs to buy for another four people to play, mm-hmm. or, in our case, codes. But, like, that... If that happens, that would literally mean, like, obviously, Andy, when you bought the Xbox, you did, like, the deal where you get Game Pass bundled in. But, like, mm-hmm. after the two years, that means you don't need to pay for Game Pass anymore. Mm-hmm. You would get Game Pass for free because my account is on that system. Mm-hmm. And so could three other people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a crazy deal. Although, unless they sort of clamp down on the whole, it needs to be the same IP address and stuff like that. I suppose they could. Yeah. They could. Like, I always wonder when things like this happen, like, how does a developer or a publisher feel? Like, see if I was Ubisoft, I would be fucking raging that only one person needed to buy Assassin's Creed and five people mm-hmm. could play it. Yeah. I'd be like, you've just fucking done me out of four potential sales, you fucking arseholes. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I mean it's great for the consumer but mm. as like and Microsoft obviously Game Pass or whatever but like for third parties they must be like well fuck you like how much how much is that going to cost us mm. but I suppose it remains to be seen yeah whereas Nintendo you know if you want to play Animal Crossing at the same time with your two children you can't do it you need oh, two n- cartridges <laughs> Nintendo don't fuck about <laughs> no. even like with with Nintendo so one of our accounts has like the online so you get like the retro games even if you log in to a separate account on that same system you can't play them mm-hmm. it's brutal yeah. and they're all, all about trying to be Aye, family and they stuff do like have, that we actually need to purchase whatever family offer they do they offer some family thing don't they I think we're paying more than we should be right now stupidly yeah plus we were considering doing some like retro chat in the podcast so i think we need to upgrade so we can get the n64 games as well yes in fact super mario world has just been added to the snes category catalog as well that's all so that's good fun fact Okay, and just a wrap up of the rest of the news this week. So in Dreams, the developer who made the excellent PSVR shooter Fract is already hard at work on PSVR 2 titles, so that's good news. Xbox has performed a U-turn on the removal of direct-to-Twitter sharing on the Xbox dashboard. Why did they think that was a good idea? I did. It's a strange thing to remove. I don't know. that. Like, Why would you do that? Twitter's huge. Maybe like- they knew Elon Musk was going to have too much of a share and they didn't like that. Yeah, I. That's I just I don't know. That kind of came out of left field. Like he's probably been planning it for a while, I guess. But I think it's something to do with he. I don't know something about he believes people should have more free speech, and 
Twitter, like trying to like clamp down on people's mm-hmm. stain stuff they shouldn't basically. Right. Well, now if one feature on Twitter now is like if you try and share an article that you've not read, it will tell you you've not actually read this article. Wow, that's clever. So look, like, uh, I saw that because people are just like, looking at a headline and going mm. whoop, and it's actually letting you know. Listen, have you tried reading it, or have you tried sourcing? The original source of the story to get the full picture, like stuff like that. Yeah. They're, they're trying to do now. Yeah, I saw as well. They are now working on an edit button. Like it's that, live. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Martin, oh, I don't even Martin know Lewis, money saving expert. He shared that tip. <laughs> I, I we've spoken about this before. I don't like that. I don't like them putting an edit button, and I don't think. I don't think it's do good. Uh, so you could say something, get tons of engagement, and then change what you said. Well, you could say something, start getting loads of abuse for it, and go, "Oh fuck," and just change it, and then all of a sudden, all the comments to the thing you put down makes no fucking sense. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a dangerous precedent to set. Mm. Potentially cool, like, but I don't know. It leaves scope for people, I think, to worm their way out of stuff. Mm. Yeah, true. Very, very true. Uh, two more little bits so Lucasfilm Games has announced Return to Monkey Island a new entry in the set for a 2022 release and Drinkbox Nobody Save the World comes to both PS4 and PS5 next week it's now been dated it's coming next week I'm really excited for Monkey Island (laughs) there's not been a new Monkey Island game in fucking years and the fact it's coming out this year like the trailer just looked fucking awesome I'm really excited about that I'm definitely, definitely up for more Monkey Island. Uh, I didn't get time to put this in the news, but one other thing is that the Xbox Game Pass games have been announced for the first half of April, and they are as follows. So there's Cricket 2022. I'm sure you'll be all over that, Andy. Uh, That was obviously to balance out the fact that the show 2022 comes to Xbox Game Pass which is, again, hilarious since it's a PlayStation game. Uh, there's Chinatown Detective Agency, Life is Strange, True Colours, Lost and Random, which is an awesome game. That's coming through EA Play. We got a code for that last year, and I've only ever played an hour of it, but it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's well worth a look. And there's a couple other things coming to like PC and stuff, but that's all the stuff coming to console. But certainly not a bad month. Uh, getting MLB The Show again, day one, is big. Okay, that's all for this week's news. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, we also have Donnie joining us on today's podcast to talk about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Welcome, Donnie, to the Pure Dead Gaming podcast. Our first guest on the podcast, may I add. I hope you feel privileged and honoured to hold that title. Absolutely. First, I know, I know. Yeah. Would you like to tell our lovely listeners a little bit about yourself or would you like us to share some fun facts? Because there's certainly things that we have learned since you joined our Discord. Ah, wow, throw me on the spot. Well, you might as well give the introduction then. Go on then. No, I, I don't actually have anything prepared, to be honest. So, yeah, tell us, about, <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself. I just wrote down, doesn't like cold meat. Doesn't like cold meat. Pretty, do you know what? It seems to be that's that's probably my thing now on the Discord, isn't it? Doesn't like doesn't like cold meat. It's became a thing that's blown so far out of proportion. It's hilarious, but yeah. there's worse things you could be defined by. To be fair, I think so. 
I think so. Yeah, there's a few on there that have that are a lot that get off a lot worse than I do. Yeah, That's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, what's what's your gaming background then? Um, like I think, well, we're all kind of mid thirties, aren't we? So, like most started speak off. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Oh, sorry, Jess. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. I mean, yeah. I'm also older. Thirty-two. Hairs there. <laughs> uh, she's clinging on by an absolute ball here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my gaming started off mid nineties, like the most, with the uh, Mega Drive. Um, my friend had SNES, so we, we kind of went between the two of us, um, which one we played. It varied weekends. We used to always stay at each other's house, and we'd play either or. And then when the PlayStation One came out, jumped into that straight away, managed to pick that up at Christmas time, just as it launched. Um, a little story I always like to tell about this was when I got it, my, my dad was working in Saudi Arabia at the time. So he was going off back off to Saudi Arabia early. So we had an early Christmas. So I got my PlayStation 1 about three weeks before Christmas Day. And of course, you can imagine going into school as a seven, eight year old and just rubbed it in completely because I had it early. So it's great, you know. Um, and it's like anything, I've just I've gamed kind of ever since. Um, I think like most adults, there's always a little lull round about sort of start of kids and things like that. Um, it'll probably come as a bit of a surprise to some of the Discord. I did have an Xbox, believe it or not, I had an Xbox 360. But then I saw the light and came back to PlayStation 4 and now the PlayStation 5. You saw the three lights? So the three, I had the Red Ring of Death. When it was yeah. four and a half years old, and do you know what? To their credit, they were, they actually fixed it out of warranty. Got to give them credit. Either all right like that, to be fair. Aye, yeah, yeah. Compare that to my dual sense. It packed in after fifteen months. It's only wouldn't touch it, you know. So, ah, uh, Xbox have certainly got better customer service. You can't say I that for them. So. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. No ah, games. That's good. Right. <laughs> So, obviously, we've got you here today because you wanted to make a very special and heartfelt apology to Jeff Grubb. <laughs> so, is that why you're on? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you've came round to him so quickly because he got one thing right. I mean, one minute he's in the bin, and next minute you're letting him out because he got one thing right. I'm just in the wind-up. He's, he's never getting out of that bin. A good, good. I'm, I'm with you. He's, he's, he's definitely got inside sources. He's definitely got. I, I believe him when he's when he cites Xbox rumors because he's quite far up a few of their asses. But uh, ah. he's he's definitely throws a lot of shit at the wall. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what I always say. You throw enough shit at the wall, eventually some of it will stick, and it kind of seems to be the case. But yeah, uh, or it's I'm or sure it's secondhand he's... information from a more reliable I, source. Yeah, I think that's it nine times out of ten. You know, all that you know, that PlayStation, the PS Plus stuff. You know, like although he's taking credit for that, the details of that were launched or leaked in December. Do you know what I mean? He takes credit for it. You know, so ah, yeah, that's what it is. That's true. He's but no, tiny, tiny Tina. We're here to talk about Tiny Tina, not not yes. your apology for Jeff. Yeah, so we, ha- <laughs> yeah, April Fools has been jokes aside. Uh, we have asked you to come on the podcast to share your thoughts on Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which was released on the twenty fifth of March. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the game, it's an action role playing first person shooter game developed by Gearbox Software and published by Two K Games. It's a spin off in the Borderlands series. So yeah, tell us more. Yeah, um, so. Got Tiny Tina last Friday. I've been looking forward to it for a while, uh, as you guys know in the Discord. 
I had um, I had it in my my fantasy draft as well, so I knew I was looking forward to it. Um, and a lot of people, especially sort of friends that I've got, that game actually didn't know who or what Tiny Tina was. And, and to be fair, it's probably no surprise. I think a lot of people didn't realise that it's a game that was born from the Borderlands world. Um, Tiny Tina herself was a was an NPC quest giver back in Borderlands Two. And then a year later, got her own DLC, um, which then became a not a full game, but it got released last year. You probably remember that it came on PS Plus as well. Uh, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, which was the DLC, then re-released as a as a standalone game with a that's with a right, yeah. Platinum trophy and and things like that. So um, it was a good idea, that wasn't it? I yeah, thought it was a pretty, it's a good idea to get uh, get hype up. Just marketing, isn't it? It was uh, it worked perfectly, yeah. So ah, you could be forgiven if you didn't know who or what Tiny Tina was. It's not as if it was a she was a prominent character, very popular character in the Borderlands world because she's off her fucking head. Um, so she's quite memorable if you're into Borderlands or you've played them. But out with that, completely kind of unknown. Um, so I think it was quite it was quite surprising when when she got her own standalone full release but i was excited for it the minute i saw the clips which i think was about a year ago i think was first off footage uh, even then it was about 30 seconds and you know it was it was nothing but yeah, i was excited straight away yeah I, I did play borderlands 2 and i do remember her from that game but until they released they re-released the uh tiny tina game at the tail end of last year the dlc as it's as a standalone i hadn't realized that she'd had her own dlc before uh, I'm bad for like I'll play a game at the time, but then by the time the DLC comes out, I've bounced, and so ah, like I, I, I didn't even know that she had her own her own spin-off. But like as a character in Borderlands, yeah, I, I do remember her for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, she's 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 quite a memorable character, uh, voiced as well by uh, Ashley Birch, who is uh, you'll know as Aloy from Horizon Forbidden West. So um, yeah. yeah, she was she was quite unique. She was she was a thirteen year old girl, but she was a demolitions expert. Um, like I said, she was she was absolutely mental. Um, but she had a good little story arc as well about her. Even though she was, it's a very kind of small short story. So she was memorable. Again, if you were a fan of Borderlands, and especially if you got the DLCs, yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's it's a good idea for them to put a different spin on it as well, because I feel like Borderlands Three took so long to come, and then yes. like after it did, like they, you want to follow up on that, and I think that was almost a perfect way to do it. I think so. I mean, you know, I'm assuming there's going to be a Borderlands Four, but Borderlands Three didn't. Not to say it didn't review well, but I think there was more more negativity around three than two. I actually really liked Borderlands three. You remember I platinumed them at the start of the year, um, mm. but I I think they took the decision to go down this route. I think maybe they thought maybe Borderlands four isn't the best idea yet, and I think they've gone down this route for that reason. And for me, it works. Yeah, definitely. I I I played a little bit of Borderlands Three, and it wasn't. I didn't stop because of anything to do with the game. I think there was just like sometimes I end up getting sidetracked if a review comes down that I, that becomes more pressing. Whereas I was just playing Borderlands for fun. But uh, yes. I, no, I did really like Borderlands Three um, from what I, the small amount I played of it. I would like to get back to it. Yeah. No, it is to be fair. I, if, I suppose in a way it depends if you're if you're into that sort of game or not. If if it's your cup of tea, um, I think first person shooters, as as we sort of you know sometimes discuss on the on the Discord, there 
you like them or you don't. There's very little middle ground with it. You know, you look at like, for example, CM Walsh, Chris on the Discord, isn't a fan of first person. You know, he got the trial for Cyberpunk, for example. He's never gone back to the full game. I think yeah. it's, it's one of these things you're either into them or you're not. Uh, I never used to be kind of got into them as I got a bit older. Um, but I, it, it's definitely you either like them or you don't. From yeah. the kind of footage I've seen, it looks very chaotic. Like there's a lot going on. It's it's absolutely mental to be honest with you. Um, you know, Borderlands has always been a little bit zany and a little bit out there. So Tiny Tina just takes it to a whole new level because where it's set, it's it's set in a fantasy world. That's the, you're, you're basically a game within a game. Tiny Tina is is narrating um, uh, basically Dungeons and Dragons. So she is the she is the the quest giver you could say the person that rolls the dice and says where things are going so you're playing along in the game effectively she's narrating it as you're going along so she's not actually technically in the game what you're what you're looking at um so it mixes a fantasy world with dragons and things like that and goblins and trolls with machine guns and bazookas and sniper rifles so the 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 mix of things is just absolutely crazy and that's what's fun about it you know i kind of said recently i think Given all the games are out this year, there's going to be a lot of quality games. There already is a lot of quality games, but I think in terms of fun, you'll struggle to top this. You know, for that, you know, that sort of small factor of being fun uh, and having a good time playing it, um, it, it ticks a lot of boxes for that side of things. Very light, but at the same time, difficult as well. It's not an easy game. You've got an easy mode, but I was actually surprised how difficult it was because I, I felt the Borderlands Three was really easy. To the point, I probably could have put it on hard mode if I could be arsed. But this has actually been a lot more challenging than I expected. Well, I should stick to Borderlands 3. Right, good. Aye. Or put it in easy mode. We know. Oh, is there yeah, difficulty mode, mode yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Slap it in easy mode. You're fine. You're golden then. Yeah. You mentioned Ashley Burtz has been one of the voice uh, characters. And there's a few other kind of big names in there as well. You've got Andy Samberg. Uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yep. Arrested Development, Will and Will Arnett, yeah. And there's another kind of yeah. female comedian, I don't know her, but um, yeah, it seems like they've and got the a very comedy cast in there as well, which... which yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the the voice cast for me is, is, is pretty superb. And I never used to, I never used to think too much about voice cast. I never used to kind of rate it, used to think anyone can voice it, but that's kind of, that sort of opinion's changed over the last few years. And for me... In this, it kind of stands out a lot. The dialogue is brilliant. A lot of people used to slag off Borderlands Three for like cheesy dialogue and things, but this, I think they've kind of they've kind of re they've kind of sort of torn it up and and, and rewrote it from the ground up. So the dialogue is brilliant. You know that you'd almost I don't know if if the cast recorded it all together, but you'd think they did because they kind of bounce off each other when they're sort of giving their lines and that, and it, and it works really, really well. And like I said, we'll never know if it was recorded all at the same time or they all did lines separately, but it works. And, uh, you know, I think I think that's Andy Samberg's first time doing a, a video game voice. I'm not too sure, but he's very, very good as well, I have to say, because he is a funny guy, obviously. Yeah, um, so exactly. He, 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 yeah, he lends his voice to it really well, and Will Arnett's good. He, he he plays the he plays the villain. So again, he's kind of got that kind of smarmy voice of his. And it's uh, perfect and for that. Yes, yeah, that's a thing. So um, it works really well. I must admit, that's something I was really impressed by was the dialogue and the voice cast. Um, it, they, they nailed it. Yeah, it's good to see like more mainstream actors coming into voice games as well. Like like you say, like I think. 
even if you go back seven or eight years, like the voice acting wasn't necessarily seen as that important in a lot of games. But I feel like now, once since the narratives became more important, and even like if it's not the narrative in a game like this, like they want a certain type of humour. If you've got people that are really adept at delivering lines, like it's going to come off so much better, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think. Not just in sort of games. I mean, if you look at sort of like Hollywood actors now, you know, like go back fifteen years ago, Hollywood actors wouldn't be caught dead doing a TV show. When you when you went to TV, your career was over. Now yeah. A-listers are doing TV because again, the money's there. They're getting big bucks as well. So you know, they're not doing it for free. But I think attitudes have changed, and you're absolutely spot on. I think you know, video game voice acting has changed, and there's an attraction there now. And as well, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of money to be made, and probably a lot less time, a lot less scheduling as well. But yeah, you're spot on. You're seeing more and more big stars coming in and, and lending their voices to these games. It's coming across really well. You know, we always speak about uh, Lance Riddick in Horizon. He's just brilliant. That unique, almost a kind of Morgan Freeman-esque voice, isn't he? And he's brilliant yeah. in that. Uh, and this cast, yeah, is, is really, really good. I mean, you, th- you think back to, like, I don't know if this would have spurred more on, but, like, when uh, Keanu Reeves came out on stage for Cyberpunk, like, mm-hmm. I remember th- the reaction was like, holy shit, they got Keanu yeah. Reeves? How the How fuck did they pull they that off? Him? <laughs> and he's out, and then he's telling some guy in the in the crowd that he looks beautiful. They're just like, holy shit, I can't believe this guy's doing a game. You couldn't even get this guy to do a sequel for years. I know, I know. Because, I mean, Keanu Reeves has always been quite choosy, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's turned down a lot of things over the years. You know, there, there's there's famous stories, isn't it, about the things he's turned down? And yeah. Yeah. aye, you're right. Um, for him to do, especially cyberpunk, it's not you know a, you know a, from a Polish studio. You know, if he, if it was a, a or an American or a Western studio, you'd maybe understand a bit more. But cyberpunk was so random, given the fact that it's CD Projekt Red. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. he must have thought it was a wind. He must have thought it was a wind up at first. Aye, yeah, especially when he, when he saw the uh, when he saw the, the the check. I'm guessing, yeah, what, the, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I, I think you're going to still. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of that now. I think it's it's going to become more of the norm. Going to get big hitters doing voices, particularly going over the next maybe ten years. I think it'll take off. Yeah, no, I definitely think you're right. I'm looking forward to it as well. And like like we say, with more like narrative based games and stuff like that. Like I'm just thinking in terms of like like uh, Andy Samberg, Will Arnett, people like that. Like we got some more we've had some quite decent comedy style games. Like I look think back to like the two South Park games, like things like that that are delivering like proper laugh out loud moments. And if you could get like some story based comedy games with people like these in it, like it could be properly I don't know, like <sighs> I can't think of what type of game you get. Maybe something like a Quantic Dream, but it's like in a, in a comedy setting or something like that, like something we've never seen before. And um, yeah. if you can attract these type of talents, then it, it could really work, whereas it just wouldn't have before. No, I, th- I think you're right. And I think, you know, if you're an actor, you're, you're an artist and you appreciate good art. And, you know, video, video games are seen as art nowadays. You know, people are a lot more respective of what video games are as opposed to 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so actors definitely, you know, seeing that level of effort and detail, budgets and the writing quality that goes into these games is huge. Um, is it, you know, for Spoken, for example, it's the Deadpool writer that's writing that, isn't it? You know, that's massive. You know, that's, mm. that's two hugely successful films and now he's writing a video game. So that shows you the kind of transition that people are not just, oh, it's got to be Hollywood films, it's got to be films. Clearly not. You know, if the yeah, right projects absolutely. there, 
you know these guys are, are willing to do these things and, and and show art and it's good yeah you know for you know for us that are gamers and that it, it's brilliant it's, it's only it can only be a good thing definitely so obviously this game does as you said it leans into like the D D dungeons and dragons style like do you think it did that enough did it lean into it enough or would you have liked to have seen it go more that direction no it, it, it completely nailed it because like i said it's it's imagine the kind of best way to describe it is imagine you've take skyrim and then mix it with far cry then throw in a Marvel comic to give it that Borderlands visual, and then stick an ounce of MDMA in, put it in a blender. <laughs> that's what it is. It's just like, like at one point. That. Oh, it is. It's crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. I went one of the sort of first biomes I went to was like a pirate island. It was beautiful. I must say, it was a really, really beautiful, beautiful scenery. And I was walking along, and out of the sand, it popped out a shark on two legs. I'm like, what the actual fuck? You know, that's that's what you're getting in this game. It's just mental. The designs of things are brilliant, and it's it's got to, that total fantasy side of things just works because it kind of ticks boxes. Like it's got sharks with arms and legs that run after you, trolls, uh, different types of dragons, you name it. It's got it. It has got it all in terms of that fantasy side. But at the same time, it's light and it's funny. You know, it's it's not supposed to be serious in any way. So they, they they probably couldn't have added anything more in terms of fantasy side. I don't really think. Okay. See, in terms of so, I haven't played the game yet, but I have seen different bits of footage of it. I watched one or two reviews, and so obviously for the most part, it is first person, and you're exploring in typical sort of Borderlands style. But then there was times when it cut, and it was almost like it was third person, but it was like with the big heads. I'm not explaining this very yeah. well. So is, is that what? What is that about? Because they never really explained that. I was like, wait a minute, what's this? The, the perspective had completely changed. Yeah, I didn't love that perspective because obviously in this they've they've not got a hub area. I.e., in Borderlands, your hub area is your spaceship. Right? So you go in your mm-hmm. spaceship and you can then sort of delve around where you want to go, different planets and things to kind of open up the world a little bit. But because you're kind of in a fantasy game, how do they do that? So they created what they called the overworld, which you're right. It's just a little way of navigating the map to go from A to B. And they threw in little bits of dungeons and things in there and bandit camps just to kind of mix it up a little bit, which is basically just, it's, it's almost like a little mini horde event. So that's kind of that kind of gives you a, a little bit of difference than right. just doing quest after quest after quest. It kind of breaks it up. But I didn't love the overworld bit. I must admit, just because it looked at you're right, it looked a bit silly. It's just a map with you and a big head bobbling around, and I was thinking, what the hell? But I get it. They had to have some sort of hub area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just uh, it was such a like kind of juxtapose when you when I saw it and I was like wait a minute is that still the same game here? <laughs> it's it going about it looked like one of the old like the old FIFA hot potato mode or something like that. Or uh, it reminded me of do you remember the little uh, football figurines you used to get yes. in the nineties uh-huh. the big head it was just like that that's what it reminded me of. I can't remember what were they called again. That's what I was uh, trying to think of when I first said the little yeah. guys with the big head. Yeah, well, uh, I, I didn't quite I didn't quite like that side of things but yeah it's pretty small you're not in it a lot you know you're it's probably like 10 percent of the time if that five percent of the time you spend in that little overworld they call it the rest of it is pure first person madness if like yeah. craig you are a mad trophy hunter is this easy is this hard what can we expect it's not a shitty platinum 
right, Craig, you can, you can, you can forget that one now. No, to be fair, the, the, the trophies aren't too bad. <laughs> I bet you are. The trophies are actually all right. Um, most of them you'll get naturally without trying anything. There's a, there's a huge chunk of them that are story driven. So if you're, as long as you're doing all the side quests, all the main quests, you'll get a chunk of them anyway. Um, there's a few usual combat ones, which are, again, you'll get them naturally as well. You don't kind of have to worry too much about those. Where it gets tricky is where I am now, which is the end game. And that's where things get tricky and they get a bit grindy. And that's the situation I'm at. So basically, once you've completed the game, once the credits have rolled, they then got a, a dungeon that they call Chaos. And it's basically a horde. So it's dungeon after dungeon. And you've got to go up 20 levels to get the platinum trophy. And obviously, each level gets a little bit harder. So I'm at level 18 now. And if it wasn't for the fact that I could do co-op, I'd be struggling. Once I got to 12, I was really struggling. It starts to get pretty fucking hard by yourself. Right. I take it. It does... It's not like it, it forces you towards co-op, but it does. Does it? Does, would you say it leans you towards it? Do you think that's like part of why not, it is that difficult, or no? Oh, possibly, yeah. But the actual game itself, the, at no point do you need to do co-op. There's two technically online trophies, but you can do them on split screen. So you can just get a second controller and do a split screen for two of the trophies. So that's oh, nice. you don't have to use. Yeah, aye. So you can just you can just breeze that. But at no point are you expected or asked or tasked with doing anything online. So if you're not into online, don't do it, fine, don't bother. But the co-op in Borderlands is usually pretty good. And that chaos bit, that end dungeon, without co-op is tough. Really tough. Yeah. So were you, were you just like spawning in randoms or did you, did you know someone that was playing the game as well? Or No, I just did matchmaking on, on, the, on, the, on the menu itself and just got lucky with people and that was it because, and spin the wheel because, and hope you get something good uh, yeah. <laughs> well it match it matches you with people at the same sort of level that you're at uh, because, obviously it's, because obviously it's so new there's loads of players probably a lot of them at the same point whereas in six months time it could be a little bit harder because obviously mm, the numbers yeah. naturally will fall off won't they so um yeah at the moment it's fine there's plenty of people playing so I think another couple of hours, um, I should have that have that platinum trophy done. But like I said, certainly no, certainly no shitty platinum. Doable. I'm I'm just about hitting forty hours. I think just shy of forty hours total. So not that bad either. You know, for what is technically an open world game, but not really. That's that's pretty good innings in forty hours. Just as well you were off yeah. this week. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> Any other negatives on the game? I mentioned, we're speaking about the co-op there. The online hasn't been great. The first four days online just wasn't working at all. Yeah, oh, really? Just, yeah, it wasn't. It, it's uh, it Shift, I think it's called, is the online service, and it just wasn't working. And then when they finally got it working, I think on Monday, it was cutting out all the time. I would say it's only been the last, 48 hours it's been working properly so that's been disappointing that's a similar problem they had with wwe it's took i mean obviously i don't know if it's a 2k issue they're only the publishers but um there was a similar issue with 2k uh 2k22 where you were really struggling to go online for a bit i think they ended up releasing a patch is it shift that the online is through on that as well i'm not sure 
I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's a Borderlands thing, I'm not sure. But ah, that's, that's not been ideal. But like I said, it seems to have, have, have fixed itself now, I must say. But that was kind of the main one, I would say. Um, some of the side quests are quite repetitive. It's basically just sort of maybe two or three levels of horde is your side quest. So at the end of it, you'll get you know somebody might be sending you to find an item they've lost. For example, one guy lost his glass eye, so I had to go through what was basically a mini dungeon of three levels of a horde, and at the end of it, I get my reward, which is the glass eye. And there's quite a lot of that, but. <sighs> The thing is, because the combat's so fun, and because there's a, such a variation of enemies, you don't mind it too much. So, like, one quest could be, like I said, that pirate island where one level you get attacked by land sharks and crabs. The next level you'll be getting attacked by pirates with machine guns, as in skeleton pirates, by the way, with machine guns shooting you. So it's fun. You don't mind it, but it is a bit samey. The side quest, I must say, there's a little variation there, but... That's maybe a bit nitpicking, to be fair, because there's not a huge amount. Like I said, you're at 40 hours. If it was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it was 140 hours repetitive, you'd maybe be complaining a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so it's, it's not too bad. In, in terms of, like, so we're saying there about maybe some stuff that it kind of falls short on, but, like, to me, I don't know if you agree, but to me, one thing that I've always absolutely loved about Borderlands or the sort of spin-off games is the graphics. Like, I love that art style. That's the thing for me that, that I not love most, but I really, really do love it is, is the visual because it's so unique. And I think when, you, when you're playing Borderlands, you know you're playing Borderlands. You know you're playing something a bit different. Uh, you know, I was sitting thinking about this the other day. Like, if my missus walked in the living room and saw me playing Halo or Far Cry or even Destiny, she wouldn't know that any of those games were different. You know, she wouldn't look at the screen and go, well, that's a different game you're playing. Because they all look the same. And I don't mean that in a negative way, because they all look real. They all look spectacular in their own way. Mm-hmm. But they all do look the same. Whereas if she walked in and saw me playing Borderlands or Tiny Tina, she would know it's different. And I like that that aesthetics, the fact that it is different. I, I think the term they call it cell shading, I think it's the, the, the technical yeah. term, which is the, which is the same as uh, Breath of the Wild. So it's that beautiful comic book aesthetics. And when you've got funky enemies like skeletons chasing you and sharks with arms and legs and, and crabs, having those different colours and that coloured background, it just looks brilliant. And it probably wouldn't work the same if it looked real, i.e. like a Far Cry or whatever else. It would take a little bit of of the fun out, I think, if that, if that yeah. colour, that cell shading wasn't there. So I'm glad they've always stuck with that. And it, for me, that's Borderlands thing. It's the sort of differentiator that kind of sets it apart from... Far Cry, for example, which I would say is a similar type of game, isn't it? So, yeah, no, definitely, I, I, I totally agree. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's it's the thing that drew me to the first Borderlands I played was Borderlands Two, and it was the art style oh. that completely drew me in. Yeah, same. Uh, just been, I don't just know how I missed Borderlands different. One. I don't know how I missed Borderlands One. Do you... I, I only became yeah, aware same... of Borderlands when I... the second one came out. I think the same. first one must have been not that big a big a deal, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna say I, I'm a, yeah. It was Borderlands two as well, and then and then more so. I held three back for the PlayStation Five with for the for the big upgrade, and then backlog. So it was only January I actually played it, so it was still quite fresh. Which, to be fair, is probably a positive as well. The fact that it's been so recent since I've played Borderlands three, the fact that I didn't find Tiny Tina too much because yeah. it's got that fantasy side it's got you know the wizardry and, and the um and the and, and the magic and things like that it's because it's 
technically the same game if you want to split hairs, but it is different that it didn't uh, it didn't bore me. I think oh, Borderlands Three again. So that's you know is is a is a compliment to it as well. Yeah, that's definitely a feather in its cap. The fact that it didn't seem too similar playing the, the two of them so close together. Um, yeah. in, in terms of, I suppose this could go for both Borderlands 3 and Tiny Tina because I, I haven't played either um, for a substantial time in fact I haven't played the PS5 version of Borderlands 3 but is it a fairly solid 60 frames a second I take it yeah yeah absolutely Brilliant. rock solid but, but yeah I can't uh, to be fair I can't fault the performance at all I had a, a couple of, of stutters when I was online um, and I had one crash and that's it so for a game that just launched on Friday, which we all joke about how games launch in shit states these days, <laughs> I cannot fault performance at all, other than the fact that the online was 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 knackered. But that, whether that's the game's fault, server, take two, who knows whose fault that is. It's, um, yeah, God knows there. But it, that's yeah, al- it, that's it, almost it, a miracle for a game to launch in that state, isn't no? it? Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I actually read on, I think it was on Friday, I read, you know, somewhere that it was quite buggy. And I thought, oh, here we go again. Not a thing. I cannot fault it at all. Not even, not even um, frame rate drops. Not backdrops. No pop-ins. Nothing. Yeah, it's been great. I do wonder. Maybe obviously all the early reviews came from PC, so it could have possibly been ah, that. Like, because our, course, our codes yeah. obviously get held back until launch day. Friday, um, yeah, so it's probably yeah, right that they were maybe polishing it to the last minute. Ah, yeah, you could be right. Yeah, it could be something as simple as that. How do we got it when the PC did? Could be a different conversation. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny now how long they're they're sort of holding on to it. Like I think I was saying in the Discord the other day, we got a code through for Moss to uh, book two on PSVR, uh, and it came through on lunch day. And um, the girl from the PR had emailed me on Tuesday, no Monday. And she's, it was coming out on Thursday, three days later. And she said, yeah, just to let you know, the codes will be through soon. Uh, they're still working on Polish at the moment. I was like, Christ, the game releases in 72 hours. Wow. You might want, to, might want to hurry up with that. <laughs> and I mean, it plays yeah. perfectly. But I mean, but they literally said must be polishing it. <laughs> I was like, I mean, geez, you're cutting that fine. Yeah. Because you think, like, when games go gold, you wouldn't think they needed that much polishing. But clearly they do, you know? Jesus. I think because the these day one... These day one patches now, they just think it's a yeah. license to do whatever they want on it. Ah, uh, it seems to be, and that's a bone of contention for everyone at the moment, isn't it? You know, so yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I must admit the the, the game. I, I wouldn't say it surprised me because I knew it would be good. I was always confident. I was excited for a reason, and I think it would. I think it would appeal to a lot of people as well. Like Borderlands fans are going to love it. There's, there's no, mm-hmm. no, no Borderlands fans gonna say this is shit. If you didn't like Borderlands at all, you didn't. If you tried Borderlands two or three, not your thing. You're not, you're not gonna switch. This won't mm-hmm. then convince you to change. But I think if you're someone that's maybe dabbled in first person shooters, never really played Borderlands, I think again it would appeal to people like that. I think that there's enough there, enough fun in the game, especially with those visuals and the different characters, the different enemies, different bosses. I think there's enough to make you go, actually, I'm quite interested in that. Chances are they'll probably wait for the sale, but that's fine. Um, but there's definitely appeal there for non-Borderlands fans to, to jump in and try it, because it, it really is a great game, I must say. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I get the impression it's going to be a game that has a long tail. Like, it maybe won't... Obviously, it came in, I think it was the first week, it was second in the sales charts. 
So it's obviously doing decent, yeah. but I think with so many big games coming out the last couple of weeks, it maybe won't have reached the sales they maybe expected it to. But I think as things slow down, I definitely think it's one that people will be picking up. I, I, to be honest with you, I think you can say that about every game that launched since Elden Ring, to be honest with mm. you. I, th- I, I would be surprised if any game since Elden Ring has hit the numbers they expected. And I think you'll see over the next maybe ooh, even two, three months, I think sales, like, you know yourself, week one, sales peak, and then week two, they drop. You see that, you know, they drop mm-hmm. sometimes as much as 50, 60, 70%, yeah. and then obviously they curtail off from there. But I don't think you'll see the same drops over coming weeks because people are going, well, I'm still balls deep in Elden Ring, Horizon, I'm not picking up Tiny Teen at the moment, you know. It's the same reason, obviously, yeah. Forspoken got delayed. I don't believe Forspoken was delayed purely because of the game not being ready. I think that played a part, but I think they went, fuck releasing a game just now, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, I, I still can't believe so many games ended up releasing in that February-March period. I, I, yeah, I, if it was me, I'd have been, I'd get the yeah. hell out of there. Absolutely no. The, to be fair, I, I think I think this needs to. Be, uh, I think publishers need to wisen up a little bit more as well. I think there's been a lot of boobs there. They've they've yeah. I think a lot of publishers are, are regretting their decision to launch so many games. I know there's not a little club where they all meet up in a Discord channel and go, oh well, we'll release this and we'll release that that day. I know that doesn't happen, but you still know roughly when games are coming out for the next 12, 24 months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they need to curb that because. There's just too much for everybody, you know. So everyone's, or everyone say, oh, your developers are losing out because sales will be lower on certain games because people are playing that, that, and that. And it's you're just everyone's just then creating this big backlog, and there's no end in sight for releases, is there? You know. So I think was it you that said that there's there's barely a blank space until the end of April or something for a decent release, you know. So that's adding more and more on. So. Yeah, they need to think about this in future, I think, and and start calming down with the launches because it's far too much. Definitely. No, I definitely agree. Um, right, so I've got a couple of questions here for you. What is your favourite gun in the game or your favourite weapon? Ooh, favourite weapon. So, it's a, believe it or not, it's a handgun because I've gone for a build. I build, everyone's talking about build. Builds are the end thing, aren't they? I build. I've gone uh-huh. for a build that um, every time I reload, I get 10% of my shield back. So I've got All a right. gun that's got one bullet and it takes 0.9 seconds to reload. So basically every second I'm firing and reloading and getting 10% of my shield back. So you can imagine if you're getting annihilated, just keep firing, and it's an automatically reloading every second. So that, at the moment, for me, is um, is is my favourite gun that I'm using. That is really handy, actually. That's pretty good. Because you're, uh, you're, you're sacrificing, obviously, like having a larger ammo clip, but at the same point, you're able to build that back up. So uh, that is really yeah. good. The, yeah, the one... Also, so, the, oh, sorry, on you go. I was going to say, but it'll come as no surprise, though. Obviously, I've gone for a quote-unquote, Donny quote, mage build. So uh, <laughs> I'm dual-wielding spells with R, um, R and L1. So the gun, your, your, your gun's not really there to do damage because obviously you, you could create a, a gun build and therefore obviously your damage output on guns is going to be a lot higher, but I've not gone for that. So my, my gun is really just there to keep my shield up. My power is coming from the two spells. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that's basically, that's kind of how I've done it. So the guns, all not almost available, because when you get, like I said, where I am now in the chaos runs, 
that the, the gun I'm using is almost becoming a little bit problematic because I'm not getting the same output. Because you know, the, the higher the chaos on you get, the the the, the greater the HP is, or and also the defense on the enemy. So it's actually getting yeah. a lot harder with the gun I'm using. So I might have to to switch it up and and actually try and be better at the game and not get hit as much. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe worth trying you know <laughs> when I, I think i can't remember which review it was i was watching but i saw that they had like it was almost like a semi-automatic crossbow i thought that looks cool that was well that was mine that was that was my video that i put up so that, that's what i'm using basically um, oh is that what you're using in that video yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ah, so right okay although that, well, that one's actually it actually fires three bullets at once that's exactly what that is Right. So it's three bullets reloads, three bullets reloads in point nine seconds, and obviously the 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 three bullets are firing rapid as hell. And that's that's exactly what I was using. So once when you're obviously firing the spell, left trigger, right trigger, whilst they are um, building back up, which is about between five and ten seconds, you're then using that crossbow. But the crossbow is not doing a huge amount of damage; it's doing something. But it's about keeping that shield up as well is a big thing. Because once that shield goes, your your life drains. It's one hit kill basically. Your shield's the most important bit. Your life doesn't last long at all. Cool. And so here's one for you then. What would you? Where would you rate this in terms of Borderlands games? What would be? What would be your top? down to the bottom and I would even include Tales from the Borderlands in that. Um tough one to tough one to answer because I only jumped in like you at Borderlands 2. And right. everyone the universal consensus is that Borderlands 2 is the best one and I'm probably liable to to agree, but I think this is better than them both than, than two and three. I must right. say. Because it's a lot more refined and having that dialogue and voice cast just makes it it's so funny like some of the stuff that, that, that tiny tina comes out with is good um like there was one bit i just thought was it was stupidly funny and it just it kind of sums up games it was quite early on and it was part of the sort of tutorial bit and i killed a, a giant crab and obviously like like in all games loot pops out you know that's what happens in games you get mm-hmm. loot off things and and uh, she made a comment she said something like and for some reason the crab was carrying his life savings and you know it was just something you know <laughs> funny like that she said you know <laughs> for no apparent reason or something and it's just little quips like that are good you know um so for me i think this is the best one i must admit i praise yeah I well praise. on that oh, note yeah, yes i think Thanks very much for for sharing your thoughts with us. No problem. No problem. Absolutely. We'll definitely uh, we'll need to do this again. Cool. We'll we'll rope we'll rope you in for, for more games if if you're game. <laughs> From game, no pun intended. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Exactly. Well, obviously in a few days you're you're off to Vegas and that's been entirely paid for by the commission of this review, so Absolutely. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, yeah. next time you're needing a holiday. <laughs> I just uh, play another game. I know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, if only. I know. I know. No, no, that's brilliant. Um, we on the website we do a review scale. It's like a twenty-point review scale. Goes in point fives up to ten. What would what would your review score be? Um. <laughs> In my head, I was thinking 82, but you go in point fives, don't you? So, mm. um, oh, so on the hundred scale, so I don't think it's as good as an eight and a half. Oh, is it eight and a half? Give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. 
Do you know what? It, it deserves an eight and a half. It deserves an eight and a half. I, I think really it's 82, but do you know what? Eight is too low. So eight and a half. There we go. Excellent. That's good. Good score. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's a cracking game, I must say. Um, not perfect, but like, you know, what a game is, you know. Um, but there's enough in there and enough. What's the word? Enough to keep you amused without boring you. And I think, you know, discussions recently with Elden Ring and about you know, not having maps filled with icons. This hasn't got that. You know, each of your maps got a main quest and maybe two or three side quests. But they're not the, the side quests. Like I said, it can be a little bit repetitive on what you have to do. But they're essentially just go from A to B and clear the map. And they're quite quick and concise, albeit slightly repetitive. But it's, you've not got that huge array of icons and things to go to and, and a list as long as your arm of quests. And, and you know, I think you know, people are getting a little bit, you know, not, not tired of that, but Elden Ring has definitely changed a lot of opinions, as we know, over the last month. So, I yeah. think, again, it, it ticks a lot of, maybe you could say, modern boxes, even though they probably didn't do that on purpose. But it does. Excellent. Good. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And yeah, hope cool. to chat to you again soon. Good, thank you very much. Hopefully soon. Thanks. Okay, look, cheers, Donnie. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's time now for Get in the Bin. Get in that bin. Oh, get in the bin. Okay, so Craig, do you want to share this week's nominations for Get in the Bin, please? This is a, a what's the word? Not virtual, like make believe. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a very real stinky bin that mm-hmm. you can put in if you're a knob. Or if you're an item that's been a knob. <laughs> that's basically how it works. Thanks for that description. Yep. Uh, I had to skim through Discord pretty quickly for this, so I might have missed one or two, but I've got a few here. So we've got Ryan, who wanted people who support two football teams. That's fair enough. TCG Harker had two. One was cricket as a sport, which... <laughs> I'm not against because I'm not a cricket fan. I think that's I think that's been worthy. But his second one's a really strong one, which is NFTs. Oh, I'm surprised we've not had that in the bin already. Aye, it's it's a strong, strong contender. Mm-hmm. And the last one is Fluffet Prince, who says throwing glass bottles onto football pitches. Oh, terrible! Yeah, which I do also agree. That was. It's just Scottish football all over, man. It's mm. fucking ridiculous. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> Like that could have been a serious injury, mm-hmm. and uh, aye, total idiots, <laughs> Just total fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are the four. My hat goes in the ring for NFTs. Same, yeah, same. But then there was some kid who's like fifteen who's made like hundreds of money off like drawings of whales or something like that. Oh, people are making serious like, money off it. I mean, as much as I don't, I don't like the concept, how. yeah, I don't understand. I don't like the concept of it, and I don't like what it could potentially do to stuff. Yeah, but I'll I'll take the dollar. It's an absolute <laughs> breeding ground for crime mm. and for con artists, and like uh, Ryan on Discord had recommended a podcast to me called Exit Scam, and it's about crypto. Mm-hmm. and it's actually there's a new documentary on Netflix I think it's called Crypto King 
and it's basically the audio story of that. It was eight parts, and it's really interesting. Like we, we're going to need to watch the documentary, but mm. it's about a guy who started up the biggest crypto exchange in Canada and either died or fucked off with all the money. <laughs> and no one's quite sure which. Mm-hmm. $215 million. And it's just, like, the police don't even seem overly interested. And the point was made, like, this hasn't really been taken seriously. Folk have lost their life savings and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but it's not been taken as seriously because it's crypto, it's digital money, it's like it's not got a paper trail. And the guy that did the podcast made, like, a really good analogy where he was like, see if someone robbed £215 million from a bank, Mm. like it would be America's most wanted type of fucking stuff. Whereas because it happened in a crypto like bubble, Mm -hmm. folk are like, it doesn't matter. I feel like we need like internet police that we don't quite have yet. Do you know what I mean? Like I know... I'm available. I know that there are I could be a part-time deputy. There are fraud squads and things like that, but I feel like we need a sort of worldwide internet. Maybe it's, I don't know, does such a thing exist? There is cybercrimes or divisions and stuff like that, but it's so difficult because where does the jurisdiction end? Yeah, like, that's what I mean. That's what I think aye. we need some sort of worldwide internet. Aye, because you've got you've got so many people like around the world, and it's like, well, who's everyone's got different laws, so mm-hmm. what does it fall under? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we go NFTs. Yeah, okay. In the bin, NFTs. I don't. I do have a picture now of the bin with all the things in it, but what's a picture of an NFT look like? Use the most famous one is a picture of a monkey. Okay. So we'll put that in. Okay, and just write NFT. Aye. <laughs> okay. This is a bit meta, but could we sell the picture of the bin with the stuff in it? As an NFT. As an NFT. <laughs> Probably, that sounds like something that could happen. Because if I'm making money off it, I'm good. Yeah. Goodness me, right. From one bin to some more shit. Shitty platinum time. Oh, yeah. Shitty, 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 shitty platinum. Shitty platinum. Shitty platinum. Take it away, creep. This week's shitty platinum is called People. No, that's wrong. It's called (laughs) The Pizza Delivery Boy Who Saved the World. Oh, yeah. And it is a visual novel. Oh, God. I thought it was going to be like a. I, I know. don't know. It's, it's it sounds like it has potential to be like a little shitty, puzzly, I don't know, a little, pla- a little platformer or yeah, something. Yeah, deliver some pizzas, but no, a no, visual novel. Great. A visual novel. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't even know. So you can get the platinum in three minutes. It's made by a developer called Oh, a Rock. Studios. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's Jacob in the studio. Going, what should we call this? Oh, look, a rock in the corner. And somebody's, I, and somebody's written that down. All oh, right, okay, that's what we'll call it. Yep. <laughs> and the publisher is Penguin Pop Games. Oh my god, it doesn't get any better. No, it doesn't. It comes in at four ninety nine on both Xbox and on the PlayStation, but on the PlayStation you do get two. You get the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 versions. So you're you're coming in about two fifty ahead there, and as I say, it's it's a wee three minute. I mean, you could play it for longer. Like it, it perhaps it's got an Academy Award winning performance from someone, but they don't even. It's like there's no like 
voice work. It's all people making strange descriptive faces and speech bubbles and you have a couple of options to choose from in terms of dialogue but you just basically fire through it with a guide. You've got a couple of different endings, plan them in three minutes. It's not great, I'm not going to lie. Okay. This is not going to go in the fun category on the website. Mm -hmm. There's there's a few fun ones. Okay. I don't think we need to discuss it anymore. But not this one. If you're trophy hunting, there you go, pizza delivery. I'm I'm not going to lie, it got chosen because the name of the game is funny and the name of the developer is funny. Yeah. That was that was sort of where I came at. That was my that was my angle this week. Mm-hmm. Okay, movie night this week. As you know, we tend to pick a gaming inspired movie each week to watch, and this week's pick was Silent Hill Revelations twenty twelve. So this is the second one in the film franchise that was released. What did we think? I didn't think it was very good. I mean, it's a survivally horrory film I feel that is like a description. Jon Snow's acting was shit it's weird how Jon Snow and his dad are in it is his dad in it? Sean Bean's uh, I didn't know that Game of Thrones that's his dad in Game oh in Game of Thrones I thought you mean yeah. real life no <sighs> no yeah I didn't think his performance was great um, that's his first proper acting role. Was it? It, it was really bad. It's interesting, but, right? But I I see. I've seen some Game of Thrones, but I feel like although he did look very similar in both, he also looked there was something different about him. And so for about the first twenty minutes, like I was like, I recognise that guy, but I couldn't think what it was from. And then it was it was one of his. He first... looks really young in this. Yeah, he's got no why. facial hair. I think that's probably yeah. what it is as well. Like... I. But there was yeah. like it was one of his first interactions with the main girl, and it was so hammed up. Mm. And I was like, "This is fucking awful, man. His acting's terrible." And I went on to IMDb to find out what else he'd been in. And then I was like, "Oh, because his name's is it Kit Harrington." Yeah. And as soon as I saw his name, I was like, "That's the guy that plays John." Mm. How the fuck did this guy get more acting roles after yeah. this? Mm. I just think, I mean, granted it was kind of part of the story as it unveiled, but, you know, he had literally just met this girl at school that morning and yet he's, Aye. you know, by the evening he's fucking in love with her and you're like, come on. I know. Come on. I mean, it made sense story-wise, obviously, that he was, like, getting close to her because he was supposed to lead her back yeah, to Silent Hill. but the secret f- mission. But, Aye. Yeah. but the fact that he'd, like, completely sworn off his entire family and his entire cult for his whole life to be mm-hmm. like, no, I actually quite enjoy you. Mm-hmm. Even when she'd already told him, nah, your pickup line shit, mate. Aye. Do one. <laughs> yeah. Aye. So, yeah. I mean, she didn't seem like she was going to put out either. You know what I mean? I think he was barking up the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. She had other stuff in her mind. Surprisingly, a lot of good actors and actresses in this yeah. film, isn't there? Yeah. Because, yeah. um, oh, I forgot her name. Matrix check. Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as I seen her, I was like, who is she? She's somebody, but she looks so different because her face is like white and she's got like She's shaved eyebrows off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, to make her look so, so more menacing yeah. so she can't emote mm-hmm. as much. That's why they've done that. Mm-hmm. Aye, so there was like her, there was Kit Harrington, there was Sean Bean. Who else was big that was in it? Yeah, uh, got Malcolm McDowell. That Rada Mitchell, that's the wife of Sean Bean. She's only in a couple of scenes in, Aye, yeah, in the uh-huh, mirror. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Pretty decent cast. Yeah. Really. 
See, but just when you say about, obviously we're, we, as we tend to do in this section, we sort of jump about, we don't go chronologically through the film. <laughs> but like, so the dad gets taken mm-hmm. and his whole thing was he wanted the daughter to just stay away anyway. But mm-hmm. she's the hero and she's like, fuck this, I'm coming to get him back. Nothing could stop her. Mm-hmm. All she cared about, she had to save her dad. Then, once she saves him, he's like, ah, no, I can't come with you because I need to go back and try and find your mum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at that point, she's just like, right, well, you fine, f- okay, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll see you later. Like, kidding? And you'd be like, one, either you'd be like, no, dad, I just put myself through all this to find you, you're coming with me. <laughs> or, no, dad. More likely, you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll put as much effort into trying to find my mum as well. Yeah. But she didn't give a yeah. fuck about the mum. Or at least like, no. no, Dad, I want to stay with you now that I've... Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But like, I can I can see it in a way because obviously she grew up with the dad and the mum she only knew when she was much younger, but she didn't give a fuck about saving the mum. She was like, right, well, I suppose you can go and save mum then. Fine, maybe I'll see you again. Mm. I'm quite into this boy now and I've saved you once. <laughs> so now I can go on a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that was a bit of a plot hole for me as well. Didn't it make sense? Also, and this didn't bother you, so I'm interested to see if it bothered Andy. I'm probably the only one that noticed this, but see at the beginning when they were in an apartment, right? It was one of these sort of open plan ones where there was the living room and then there was the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, there was this one floating cupboard. Just one. Like, it didn't go all the way along. It was just one floating cupboard. Obviously, it was stuck to the ceiling or something like that, but it looked so out of place. And so I think the dad was in the kitchen and she's in the living room and there was just this one fucking cupboard just hanging for the ceiling right in the middle of the room. It looked ridiculous. I don't what? recall the moment you're talking about. Talk- I went on about it constantly during the film. When she when he gives her, her like birthday present, yes. when they're sitting in that uh-huh. room. I can't say it. I noticed. Madness. It was pure madness. Right. I'm going to take a screenshot of it and put it up. Okay. Uh, it was. It was honestly. It was a home design nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the mannequin scene? Oh, creepy eyes and mm. spidery mannequins yeah. as well. Nope. Yeah, that was a bit. You, you've been such a big fan of spiders, aren't you? Uh, I but it didn't look anything like a spider. Um, I was quite impressed how. Apart from that one thing, all the bad guys were practical. Mm. It was pretty mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just made it feel more real. Yeah, I think especially a big fucking the, the pyramid big guy head who became kind of almost good at uh, the end. I think um, the, the pyramid head design pyramid is head really design. cool, and it yeah, it just cool. looks like a fucking. Badass motherfucker reminds me of the the big guy with the sledgehammer on Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, and I think I said to you whilst we were watching it, like I just thought the I don't know intricate detail of all the kind of set designs were like really really good. Like they made it mm. look so creepy and old, and yeah, just they definitely put, they definitely put a lot of work into that stuff. I think mm-hmm. like. I don't know. It wasn't a terrible film by any means. Like horror isn't really my thing. It's not yours, Jess. Really, it's not your. I mean, you I, you would watch horror films, Andy, but it's not your preferred mm. genre, is it? Like no. So, but yeah, it definitely had some loose plot points, some 
shady acting. There was bits that didn't fully make sense. Like, it wasn't particularly well realised, I don't think. Mm. It was okay. There was nothing overtly terrible about it, but it did feel like the first one did relatively well. Let's make a second one. But we don't really have an idea. Yeah, kind of. Right, you know the budget? I would love to know the budget. 20 million. Really? Fucking what? hell, Sean Bean must have been cheap. What did it make? Eighty-seven. Oh. Hundred and five. Fifty-six. Oh. <laughs> Still closest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, not great. You can see why there wasn't a third. Hmm. It did that. It did that thing as well. Just when I was saying about possibly when a third, like it did that thing where you knew at the end they were going to leave it open in some way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like. I feel like that, like a lot of films do it, but horror films always do it more than most. Like I would say, like there must be a higher percentage of horror films than any other genre. That, I'll like, be the stu- I'll be the the studios going do this. Aye. aye, so they can at least have an option of yeah. cashing in again. I feel like with horrors more than anything else, it always everything seems like they've ridded the evil, they've done You've it. Got closure. Fucking, you uh-huh. fucking yeah. nailed it. And then that last second it's like <gasps> And you're like, oh uh, right, so they the might eyes, make another eyes open. Aye. There's always and it's such a horror trope, I feel. There's yeah. always that wee bit at the end mm. just to leave a wee <laughs> nugget in case they want to fucking mm. try and mine more out yeah, of it. Yeah, and make sure that you don't get to sleep that night as well. Mm. You stayed awake this whole film. Did that was pretty good going. I was impressed <laughs> with that. Well done. So we're we giving it. Yeah. So with that said, no sleep emojis for me. I'm gonna give it two pies because I'm two as well. Yeah. Same. Two. Two all round. And what about the lovely listeners? What did they vote? They agree with us. Forty-five percent gave it two pies. 25% gave it 3 pies, 20 gave it 4, 7% gave it 1, and 3% gave it 5. So, yep, almost 50% agreed with us on the pieage. Mm-hmm. So what's up next week, Jessica? We are going for the final, the final Resident Evil. Can't believe we've made it through all the Resident Evils almost. Yes. Right in time for the series in June. <laughs> so this is what, 2017 release? 2016. 16, sorry. The final, final chapter. chapter. <laughs> How fitting. Until. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We say that, see the thing is though, we say that and we laugh and we're like fucking never ends, but like that one, I think we said this two weeks ago, oh, that was good. but that one in 2021, yeah. I really liked that, and yeah. I'm really hoping we get a sequel yeah. to that, so, yeah. like, in one hand, it's a fucking a reboot, running joke. Though. That was a reboot, so Aye. this almost is the final chapter of Mila Jojovic's yeah. role, yeah. Or yeah. now it's been rebooted. Yeah, so, if you have not yet seen it before, then do make sure you give it a watch in the next week, and send us your thoughts, and if, if we like them, we'll read them out on the podcast. Certainly will. Okay, and finally, I mentioned at the beginning, we gave pick of the week to Twitter. And 
put a poll up on our Twitter feed. Back in the week. 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 Back of the week. Yeah, Craig, what were the nominees and who won? The nominees were MLB The Show 22, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, and Slipstream. Poor Slipstream only got 1.2%, I think, because a lot of people don't really know what it is. Mm. Uh, MLB The Show got 11.9%, and then Lego Star Wars got 86.9%, which is definitely definitely the biggest landslide win ever. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, deserved though I mean it's Star Wars it's Lego it's got really good reviews as well it's certainly like an 83 on Metacritic like it's folk are really loving it so it's fair enough I would say but yeah that's our pick of the week yep and make sure you are following our Twitter page um, because we do sometimes put the polls on there and you can cast your votes because if you're not happy with the result then well, if you don't if you don't vote, then that's your fault. If you're not happy with the result of the vote, then you might find yourself in the bin next week, right? <laughs> you you might be the next face of an NFT. Yes, and make sure you do head to puredeadgaming.com as well, where we post our pre-show. No, wait, it's, it's a bit of <laughs> Holy fuck! You malfunctioned there, didn't you? <laughs> what happened there? I don't know. Pre-show poll is what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah. Nearly had to. Turn you off and back on now. Yeah, I think I might just turn the podcast off now and wrap things up. Just as well we're at the end. Yeah. So do check back in next week, next Thursday, 3pm for the latest episode. And in the meantime, you can head to puredeadgaming.com for written reviews or you can come chat to us on Discord as well. Good. See you later. Yeah. Bye.